Welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. This week we're talking about our games of choice. No, not games that have choices. Hopefully that's all games for anyone past the age of four. We're talking about games that you default to when asked, what game do you want to play? Is this your favorite game or does it have more about that decision? I don't but think But first, true. as always, you uh, left my <laughs> name in here, so I'll just say this, too. A thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, and the Gift of Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. And welcome to our newest patron, David Wagner. Wa- Wagoner? I'm going to say Wagoner. Wagoner. Whoever you are, David, we appreciate it, and we are looking forward to getting your name wrong on every single episode from this one out. Until you email and help us, please. Please. Yes. <laughs> Can we make that like a requirement for like (laughs) Patreon? When you sign up, you have to give us a pronunciation guide. (laughs) No, we can't. Nope. (laughs) I'm convinced that the vast majority of people sign up just so they can hear us murder their name. And that's that's just how I'm gonna, you know, live my life because it makes me feel a little bit better about saying things horribly. (laughs) Also, thank you to all of our other patrons whose names we murder on a weekly basis. And by we, I mean Fletcher. And yeah. Um, Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of Fletcher, um, Fletcher, why don't you tell everyone how we're on Zoom live every Monday at 830 Central Time? I think you just did that for me. Oh, well, you could reinforce it. You got that smooth radio voice. Can you wait? Do it in Zoom. Do it in the smoothest radio voice you can. (laughs) (laughs) The smoothest, ra- okay. So it's like easy listening jazz radio voice. Yes, that's the or one like I look for. NPR, um, <laughs> smooth jazz. I like jazz, easy listening jazz. Okay. Um, tune in every Monday at eight thirty Central Time to listen to us live on Zoom. All right, that's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> now I want to hear the country station version. <laughs> Howdy, y'all. Listen to us every Monday at 830 Central Time. <laughs> okay. All right. That that one actually wins. <laughs> so, you got any other notes for me? No, no. That's good. But also speaking of our patrons, I want to apologize to Todd McCorkle, who's not a patron. Um, I, I was about to say, Todd, maybe if you were, I wouldn't have forgotten about you. But that's inappropriate. So I'm not going to say that. But... Todd, because it's say also that, a lie. <laughs> Todd it's won also a complete and utter lie. <laughs> Todd won a, won our contest drawing like a couple months ago, and he emailed me, and I completely missed the email. So he emailed me like a few days ago, saying, "Um, I think something went wrong," and I'm like, "Yeah, you are way too patient and didn't bother me in t- enough." So now, Todd, <laughs> I apologize. I have emailed you back, and we will get this all fixed. I promise. Um, so. Uh, how were you guys this weekends? Uneventful. Well, nothing really came up. <laughs> Pretty boring. <laughs> Just kidding. You know, same old, same old. <laughs> I got married. Yay! Yay! Congratulations. Yay. <laughs> on everybody on Zoom, you can see my ring. There it is. I'm wearing it. It feels are you, weird on my finger. Are you used to it yet? So you're not used to it, are you? No, I'm not. It's no. very strange. Yeah. Mine, it felt like it was cutting me for the first six months. And it, it turned out it was just cutting my soul, and then it eventually it worn down, and it was like, awesome, I'm married now. Um, yeah. Then your soul fell off, and yeah. it doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> Mine still bothers me, because it's like one side is heavier than the other, so it like spins sometimes into the wrong alignment, and I have to fix it all the time. So it's like a constant fidget. So, so you know, it's only it, been like, like eight years. No, like we were engaged for two years. It's been like ten years of me wearing this ring, and it's still like, oh, it's here all the time. <laughs> but if I take it off, it also feels really weird. And I'm sorry to everyone. I just hit the microphone because I was playing with my ring. You're probably fine. <laughs> now, the moral of the story is the ring is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about your wedding weekend for a significant period of time. So if, you, if you're if you not interested in Fletcher, uh, then just fast forward for about 10 minutes. Chris will put the timestamp in the yeah. notes you can skip to. I'll think about it. But no, the first time I lost my ring, I was at a convention and I was in the car ride home. And this was, we would, were married like, I don't know, maybe three months. And I went to fidget with my wing and, ring and it wasn't there. And I'm just like, 
Uh, and so for about two days, I did not know where it was until I was cleaning out the backpack that I had brought to that convention and found it at the bottom of the backpack. But I had called the hotel. I'm like, I lost some files, like every place I could think of that I might have dropped it. And yeah, I have been very conscious of it ever since. Like it doesn't leave my finger unless I'm in the shower because there it'll just slide right off. But how yeah. how difficult is it to remove from your finger? It depends on the temperature. So if it's cold, if you're like in an air conditioned building, your ring is very, very easy to just fall off. If it's hot and you're outside and then it's stuck on your finger. So and it also depends on how much your weight varies. And my weight varies quite a bit. So if I'm on a, a low weight and cold, it's I'm like, nope, it just falls right off. But if I'm, you know, plump and hot, it's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're always plump and hot to me, Chris. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> so I've only worn this when it's, you know, relatively war- warm outside. And uh, I, have, I have like big knuckles. So it's actually like loose around my finger but it it will literally take me 30 seconds to a minute to like work it over my knuckle slowly i have to like spin it work it spin it work it spin it work it and then finally it'll come off all right well your so chimpanzeeness will will work for your and benefit for not losing your ring <laughs> chimpanzeeness i don't walk on my knuckles okay i'm not judging you it's fine all right tell us about your wedding well um uh, for, so first, I'll start with a, a funny story. On um, Thursday, the day that we had our rehearsal, um, I went to go check into the hotel. And this was in Chicago, but uh, it, it was happening downtown. And I went to go check into the hotel, and the hotel and the venue is the same location. And I walk up to the front desk, and they're like, mm, "No, we don't have any reservation for you. Is it? Could it be under another name?" <laughs> Uh, I don't think so. Like, is it another hotel? I'm like, no, I'm very sure it's at this hotel because I'm getting married here. Um, We tried my name, tried Carmen's name. And then they're like, oh, oh, okay. Uh, We do have a reservation for you, but it's not until Saturday, which is like the complimentary day that they give you. And I was like, yes, uh, but I should also have one for Thursday and Friday. And they're like, we don't have anything. And it's like... 15 minutes until our rehearsal, until I meet with you, Chris. I'm like, okay, well, can we just book something right now? Because all our stuff is being brought in from the car. And it's like already on, you know, the rolling luggage racks and stuff. Um, and they're like, okay, let's see what we can do. Uh, okay, well, yeah, we can find, you know, find a room. Okay, call the front desk manager. Okay, we got you a room for two nights, but then you'll have to move. Um <laughs> On the third day, it's a different room on your wedding day. I'm like, okay, that seems really inconvenient. But right now, I don't have the time to deal with any of this because it's, you know, six minutes until (laughs) rehearsal time. So, okay, fine. Here's the room. I'll deal with all this later. Just put it all in the room. And to make a long story short, um, they, the person that I was uh, talking with to book the reservation and book the room block at the hotel forgot to put in my request for an extra two days on thursday and friday and even though i emailed them twice about it and the second time i was like hey i know we talked a bit before about this but i never got a hard confirmation is there any kind of like confirmation number or anything and also what time is check-in and check-out i got a response a couple days later because apparently they're out of the office i got the automated reply that said check-in time is it is at three and check-out time is at noon and I was like, okay, well, they didn't address the first part of my question, but I assume that means that everything is okay. <laughs> and it was not. No news is bad news. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's how I started it off. And everything got fixed, and they were very apologetic about it. So it was it, all good. It only really got better from there, though. That's Be- true. I mean, if like something has to go bullets. wrong, right? Like, that's not yeah. the worst. Like, moving rooms, yeah, it's not great. But, like, oh, well. Like, in the grand scheme of things, so much more could go wrong. Like, when Spencer discovered that he didn't have pants the day of our wedding. <laughs> that he <laughs> that only had um, a shirt and a tie and, like, the parts of the tux he was renting because he had bought a jacket and pants, like a, a tuxedo. But, like, he rented all of the things that go with it. 
So they gave him the rental and not his purchase. So he went to go put on his tuxedo and didn't have one an hour and a half is, away from the no, store. I, I thought your solution <laughs> where we just had all the grooms win not wear pants, it worked out really well. Um, everyone was still yeah, matched. What, what did he do? <laughs> um, Doug... Uh, our Keyforge friend Doug, um, who was also the best man at Spencer's wedding, was like just leaving the city. So he turned around, ran, grabbed it, and like Bunny saved our wedding by missing like I think three quarters of the ceremony, if not the whole ceremony, because she didn't get to get ready at all. She had to just like go get Spencer's tux and then drop Doug and Spencer like last minute at the venue. So like none of our pictures that were supposed to happen before the ceremony got taken because Spencer wasn't dressed. <laughs> yeah, so Kitty was, was being stalled inadvertently. Like oh, she yeah, didn't the realize planner, what was going on. No one on. told me. I had no idea. <laughs> oh wow. So they're just yeah. stalling. Yeah. That's great. Good wedding planning. No, that yes. was on purpose. <laughs> no, everyone was do not tell Kitty this is happening. Mm-hmm. We are fixing it. Do not tell her this is happening. <laughs> right. There's no reason to make her panic. Yes. Yep. Um, um, I was I was very worried that that would something like that would happen to me because at my cousin's wedding, which happened 2019, a few years ago, I had my whole suit and everything, and then I got into the car and we're going to the to the venue, which is actually like 40 minutes away, and then I realized I think I forgot my bow tie. Luckily, we had only traveled like six minutes. <laughs> my, bow, my bow tie is not here. I think I left it in the room. So we had to go back and went, ran up to the room, grabbed my bow tie, and ran back down, got in the car, and travel, and then traveled, and everything was fine. So this time, before I did anything, before I left the house, I laid out everything, and I'm like, I have everything here. Bow tie, shoes, socks, pants, you know. And then when I got to the hotel and we moved rooms because they actually let us move room um, after the first night. So I wouldn't have to do it on the wedding day. Um, <laughs> I made sure I had the whole suit and I, I double checked everything. I tried it on very quickly. I'm like, okay, I have everything here. Good. Because if I need to run back, I can do it now. But I don't want to have to run back like the day of or like two hours before. Like, uh-oh, I'm well, missing my shoes. I had a little mini panic attack because so Saturday, no, Thursday, no, Saturday. Saturday was the wedding. And just in case for listeners who don't know, I actually married Fletcher. Um, Carmen was involved too, but mostly it was me and Fletcher. <laughs> um <laughs> So, but I had picked uh, so Chris picked up my touch. Officiated. I officiated in case the wedding. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had picked up my tux, but I didn't have time to check it because we were going downtown. I was like picking up the same day. Like, do you want to try it on? I'm like, I really can't. I have to go pick up my kids so I can drop them off with my in-laws so that I can drive downtown. So I didn't actually even look inside of the garment bag until I was already late for meeting up on Saturday. And I'm like, okay, if there's anything missing, I'm just going to pretend like it's not supposed to be there because I didn't have to match everyone else. I just had to look good. And Fletcher, your best man decided to come down with COVID, which also threw things out of whack for a little while. Yes, like three days before. So we had to quickly change change the lineup of who was standing on my side and who was walking. Um, So instead... Of having, well, basically we put Chris in the lineup as opposed to just having him stand up there. He was actually going to escort um, <laughs> one of Carmen's bridesmaids down the aisle and then stand up there and join me. For So for a hot second, I was the only person standing up at the very front with no one else there. You didn't look like you were panicking. It looked great. So there was one moment that I had of abject terror and I was, I was, oh my God, I thought I was going to die. And when you're getting to the point of asking for the rings, Chris, I realized, and I don't know if you noticed this, but I quickly looked over my shoulder to my new best man because I never actually gave him the rings. I gave the wedding planner the the rings because she asked for them in the morning because they wanted to take pictures and other stuff. So I gave her the rings and was like, here they are. And then I, you know, forgot about it. And then and I was, was like, the last he's going to ask them. for the rings. <laughs> and that's the last I saw them. And then I was like, I never actually gave them to the best man. And I, I was like, oh, no, he's going to ask for the rings. And we're going to be like, where are they? <laughs> 
Luckily, well, quickly there's someone else there. <laughs> yes. Whose job it is I, I to think of these over things. My shoulder. <laughs> and and I'm like, I looked at I looked at Sloan, and I was like, and, and he just like he just like nodded, and I was like, okay. <sighs> and I looked back forward again. <laughs> I don't know if anybody could tell. We didn't video any of this, but I was like. Oh my god! I was gonna, gonna ask if it, if you guys be no rings. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask if you videoed the ceremony or not, but uh, we did not. Yeah, just I had, just pictures. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, Carmen asked me to uh, add add a few things at the beginning, and I'm like, "Are you sure?" And she's like, "Yes." I'm like, "Okay." She's like, "Fletcher doesn't want me to say this, but I, I want you." I'm like, "All right, fine," <laughs> but. So yeah, it it opened up with a very loud marriage, which I practiced quite some time. <laughs> I had to hear it a lot. <laughs> yeah, and then and then it was basically just a stand up routine from that point on. So you know, but it was very Chris good. Loves and being people kept talking about attention. how good it was. <laughs> I kept it short. My favorite compliment. Um, I don't know if it was your grandmother or hers, but it was one of the grandmothers. She came up to me. She's like. That was very good. It wasn't boring. Normally, these things are boring. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, was it a Hispanic grandmother? Because it would have been mine, and those are the only grandmothers there. That, was, was that I'm going to say yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was it. It was in the side room at the end. So I'm just like, I'm like, oh, thank you. But now it was a lot of fun. It was four days um, of like, yeah, Thursday, Friday. Saturday and then Sunday brunch and that was it was a it was a long time and then I got home and wanted to sleep and then Zachary did not want to sleep because he hadn't seen me in like two <laughs> days and I'm like I'm just gonna stay awake unless you sleep on my floor daddy and I'm like I can't really sleep on your floor but I'll lay here going in and out of consciousness and that's where I'm at right now so but Fletcher congratulations thank you and it was a gorgeous feel- wedding it was lovely. Everyone kept good. asking me who I was. I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm Fletcher's co-host on the podcast. And every single one of them looked at me and said, Fletcher has a podcast? So that that's where we, we are here, <laughs> including his father. His father was like, what? <laughs> it was one of my favorite conversations. But yeah, but it was really beautiful and we had a great time and no one really needed to know who I was. So <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> but we did get a few pictures that we will I'll put on my Twitter. So on the tabletop game talk or um, I can I'll put it on my Twitter. and then I'll, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. So just a few pictures. Uh, there's an animated gifts of uh, your little walking photo booth was awesome. So we have like all six <laughs> of us. Um, so the three of us and our three significant others uh, doing some dances and stuff. But and then we got a picture that just the three of us. I'll throw those up there if you want to see us in our formal black tie garb. But uh, also, we didn't play any games, and it was all Chris's fault. Yeah, not a single game because yeah, it was all probably all my fault. I got yeah, yeah. There was a lot going on. Chris had a lot of fun. <laughs> I did. Friday night, that was the welcome party, and holy <laughs> welcome we were! Wow. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> let's talk about games. <laughs> so we're this at, actually not- was a topic in, inspired by a conversation at our table during the wedding. I got a text once from again, Spencer. <laughs> yep. Somebody asked me how I knew you. I said we had a, a podcast where we talked about board games. And they said, oh, what's your game of choice? And I had no idea. And Spencer and Cindy made a lot of fun of me and texted Chris immediately. So here we are. (laughs) Yeah. So I have actually split this up into five categories. Because once you started playing a lot of games, you can't just have a single game of choice. But I think Mm -hmm. the first game of choice I've put here is probably what most people would assume would be a game of choice. And that is your standard card Deck of, is your standard deck of cards game. Like, let's play cards. What is your game of choice when you're being asked to play cards? And Fletcher, since you are the newest married man among us, um, <laughs> you get to decide what is your like go-to. Hey, let's play cards. What game just pops into your head? So we're talking about standard like 52-card 52 52 52 card deck game. Yep. 
Um, 54 like jokers. <laughs> cribbage. Really? Cribbage would be your go-to? Yeah. Huh. I did not know that. I would. That's something I would sit down and I did. Play you should listen you. to our podcast. Um, <laughs> no, I only mention it like every time. No, but I, mean, I mean, I know you like cribbage, but not that that would be like the game. That's. But I mean, that that's a little bit cheating because, I mean, you need a little bit more than 52 cards because. No, but it counts. You need... No, I think it totally okay. counts because it's like. Yeah. Okay. So you say cribbage, like almost everyone knows that that's a thing. Like it's not yeah. like a. Um, obscure or unusual game this is just, and you, you know, don't it's a card need game. the cribbage board to play cribbage but you absolutely have to have it so it's it's yeah because it's just a score tracker right mm-hmm. it's you, a score tracker you can use a pen and paper or whatever but like you know cribbage board is nice yeah all right i yeah i mean like i said i haven't played cribbage two or three decades you know, since I last played with my grandparents, but I love the game and I love just like the mechanics of, you know, this and this and add this and you're just like jumping pegs and there's just so much. There's like a language like a that little, goes on. It's like a two person horse race kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. All right, Kitty, what is yours? And I, I know what Spencer's is and I don't think yours is the same as Spencer's. No, mine is not the same as Spencer's. Um, mine is a game. We always called it Racing Demons. I know there's another name for this game out there. And I don't know if this also, I don't know if this counts as a standard deck of cards game because everyone has their own standard deck of cards. And basically you're playing solitaire in front of you. Aces are in the middle and they're like community play. So you're trying to get cards out of you've got a pile of 13 cards that you're trying to use up by either using them into your solitaire board or playing them into your aces and ace any cards played into the center are positive points and any cards left in your um pile of cards when somebody goes out are negatives and you're trying to get the most points. Um Courtney says they called it double solitaire. I've heard it's like something like pounce or something like that too, but it is a super fun game and you can play it with a lot of people. And we always liked it because my mom would kind of like handicap people. She'd give it. So like uh, she would give herself 15 cards in her pile and she'd let my brother who's the youngest in our family play like eight cards in his. So we all kind of had the same chance to go out first and it, it was a little harder for her, a little easier for him. And we were all kind of in the middle somewhere. So we liked it, I, and it's very intense. There's a lot of yelling and slapping people's hands. Yeah, you've made me play this game, and it's okay. <laughs> I don't like it at all, but I'll play it with you whenever you want to. Um, yeah, so John mentions – well, John mentions the game I'm going to say. Um, actually, it mentions multiple times. Michael Yadikowski mentions Sheephead for five or three. Uh, John mentions Hearts is a good one. I, I will say Sheephead is – probably more localized than Euchre, which is my go-to game of choice. I'm pretty sure Sheep's Head is like just a Wisconsin game. I'm pretty sure outside of Wisconsin, nobody's ever heard of it. But every time I look into it, I'm like, I've never I, heard of it. have you heard of it? No, I have not. No, I've yeah. Never heard of it. Yeah. But every mm-hmm. time I look at the rules, I'm like, this looks amazing. Like, like I want to play this game. What someone needs to do, and maybe we should just do this, is retheme it. Put some dwarves on the cards and then just package the exact same rules so it can be introduced to the masses. Cause it's, it's almost, it's like a deduction y type of thing. Am I, am I describing this right, Michael? Or he's nodding. So yeah, it's kind of a deduction ish type of card game. And it sounds really cool to me. But yeah, my main game of choice would be Euchre. Now, if I'm talking poker, Texas Hold'em is, is, there like if you're playing poker that's the only one i'm playing these days um but otherwise i just i love a great game of euchre and i'm happy to play you know you have to have exactly four players but euchre's great euchre's at least the tri-state area um i'm guessing anyone outside of if you don't know all five great lakes you've probably not heard of euchre is my <laughs> you know rule of thumb on that one but that's the great thing with card games, too, is they're just kind of all over the place as far as, like, there's a lot of regional versions of card games. I just – and sometimes you think you don't know a card game, but it turns out it's a different name because I looked it up because I was curious. And Racing Demons is officially apparently called Nerts, which can also be called Nerts spelled with a Z, Pounce, Peanuts, Squeal, or Scrooge in addition to Racing Demons. And those are all the same game. So yeah. – 
Yeah. And I'm sure they're all played in like different regions and they've got their different regional names. Because I did meet somebody else who called it Pounce, who was from like the West or something like that. So I don't know. Well, Terrence and John say that Euchre can be played with six or three, and I just disagree. So um, that's it. That's my <laughs> podcast. So that's the end of that. So, <laughs> so all right. So that's that's card game. Now, the next one I want to talk about is party games. Mm-hmm. Now, this is, a again, this is kind of a genre that we typically, once you're in the hobby, you have to score in party games, right? And there's a lot of great party games out there that I, I no longer score in them as much as I did. Still, Cards Against Humanity is not on this list. Better not be on this list or you're off the podcast. But <laughs> I'm curious, Fletcher, your favorite party game? Like, if you, like, you have a group of 6 to 12, what game are you pulling out like, okay, this is this is the game we should play? Hmm. There's a lot of great ones because there is. So on the one hand, it's kind of like I do like Sushi Go. On the other hand, um, if there's like six to twelve people, you could do something like One Night Ultimate Werewolf, which I think is my favorite version of that game. Um, I don't own it though, <laughs> but I would have Just to go with either, you're like, one house. of those two. <laughs> Yeah, they're all there. Chris's house, I'd be lost. (laughs) (laughs) So, Um, yeah, one one of those two, depending on the makeup of the group. Yeah, because sushi go party. Well, actually, one night works well for like six to eight. You have to all be able to be able to sit at the table. Yeah, sushi go party. You can actually be further. Like you still have to be at the table, but you can be spread out further. The big problem with the one night series is everyone has to be able to reach the center of the table. For the night phase, without anyone knowing that they're reaching for the center of the table, so it depends on the group size. But I, both of those are are great games, and I would happily play them. Um, yeah, those are good picks, Kitty. What do you think? Ooh, my choice. I'm down between two. One of them, um, Telestrations. One of them is Telestrations. Telestrations <laughs> is a really fun game. It's a really good one for people who um, don't want to really like pay very much attention i don't know you you just like do what's in front of you it's fine it's really easy um Actually, but the other I have, one i was I have thinking one comment to make mm-hmm. uh I, I do really like taboo um, oh that's a fun game it's a really fun game, especially when you're the person with the buzzer and you go. That's the only fun part of that game, actually, is being the one with the buzzer. Um, um that is a really. But I do good really one, like though. taboo. I haven't played that in forever, though. I love taboo. I love myself some taboo. I would love to, you know, go to a party again. Mine's gonna be mine's gonna be close to that, but it's not that. So, what's your other um, one? If it's not catchphrase I'm, or not a uh, telestration? I'm gonna say <laughs> it's kind of a weird pull because I don't think I own it. I think you own it, and it wasn't in print, and I forgot about it. Um, and that is Detective Club. Oh, that one's a good one. It's really, a really fun. good one. So, and it's an obscure one, too. It is an obscure one. So I don't know if I'm like trying to be like, oh, I'm, I'm such a cool nerd. I know this cool game no one else knows about. Um, but it's a really fun one. <laughs> um, yeah. We played it. Uh, I think uh, Lightning Steve from our live audience played it with us at Gamehole Con um, right after Chris got back from Essen with this game. And it's like you have these cards with kind of like abstract like art on them, but not totally it's, abstract. It's like it's social deduction meets Dixit. Yeah. So everyone has a word on a pad of paper, except one person doesn't have the word. But they're trying to fake it like they do have the word. And there's one person who's trying to figure out who is the faker. And it's really, really fun. And you're just trying to come up with these kind of bizarre explanations about, like, you know, why you played the card that you did after because you find out the word and then you're trying to defend the choice of artwork you played for it and it's like you know why did you play this sea urchin for fluffy (laughs) like (laughs) you know it's not that straightforward but it 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 is sort of like that and you're like well you know they they don't feel fluffy but they kind of look fluffy you know it's like yeah. going for a look and yeah yeah, yeah. and i'm like um, yeah, i so, can see so that i mean yeah it's an urchin it has little tentacle yeah little prongy things you know that's yeah no that's legit fletcher doesn't know so the i word. like it because you take pressure off yourself but like you're almost like lying to yourself you know you get to like 
you have reasons to like make up your lies. You're not lying about like just like for nothing. Like there's no it's not as accusy as other yeah, social uh, deduction games, but it's fun. Yeah, you're not you don't have to defend yourself. You just have to f- defend your logic. And because the cards are so random that you get you have options to play, you're everyone's defending their logic. It's like, yeah. well, I needed to play this sea urchin looking card because I literally had nothing else that was even close. So this is what mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, I'm so, looking at these cards because I, I quickly looked it up. These cards are actually pretty cool. Like they're like, yeah, n- like neat abstract paintings. Yes, like I would, I would buy a poster of one of these. Yeah, it's Dixit. <laughs> it's and Dixit started doing this, and Dixit is another good party game. Not, it's never been my go-to, um, but it's that abstract art that could mean anything concept. It's in a number of different games now, and I think Detective Club does it really, really well. Unfortunately, the game never really took off, even though it really should have. Like, it's a fantastic game. Not the game I'm going to mention. I already spoiled it. Uh, Catchphrase. Catchphrase is my go-to party game. Mm-hmm. Because I love the one. fact. Yeah. And, and this used to be a card game. But it, they've ever since it went electronic, it's stayed electronic. And it's kind of like Hot Potato, where you have... And it's taboo Hot Potato in one, kind of, right? You get this... You get a clue... And you're trying to get people, your team to guess this clue. And then as soon as they do, you pass it. And whenever the alarm goes off, whoever's holding it, that team loses and the other team gets a point. And it's so fun, so easy. There's so many versions of it. I will oftentimes, like if I'm going someplace and I'm like, all right, I want to play a game. I know there's going to be like a dozen of us. I'll just go to Target and pick up a version of of catchphrase. There's like 50 of them now. And (laughs) everyone will immediately start having fun with it. The runner-up in this category is Just One, which I don't own, but I've given as gifts to non-gamer friends quite often. Just One is a cooperative game where one person doesn't know the word and everyone else is giving clues, a single word clue, to get them to guess the word. But if any two people give the same clue, that clue isn't shown to the guesser. So you have to be loose enough where you're not picking a clue that someone else is obviously going to pick, but specific enough where you're not just going so off the wall that they can't guess the clue. And you're trying to do the, the basically the goal is to get 13 correct clues and then you win the game. But basically you just play until everyone's like exhausted and you've gone through the entire deck of cards. All right. Going a little bit more. I, I think this is the right order. I think this is the right order. So a little bit above party game, casual games. We have three to five players, and that's three to five. It could be just four, whatever the number works, but somewhere more than two, less than a party group, casual game. What game are you pulling out for that? I'm not really into board games, but I like board ga- I like I like games, but I'm like, I don't have my own collection. And I've called this literally casual game, gateway game, that type of go-to game. So again, Fletcher, you're first here. What is that game you're pulling out with your family? Because like, oh, we want to try playing this game and see what's going on. So right now, I might actually pull out um, The Captain is Dead. Ooh, that's a good you know, one. Between two to four people because it's a it's a co-op game. Um, so if persons not exactly know like what to do, it's in you know the same vein as Pandemic, essentially. But Maybe they've played Pandemic before, but this is another type of co-op game. Um, and, uh, you know, it's pretty fun. And uh, I don't know. I think I think a lot of people would get a kick out of it. So yeah. I'd well, probably pull out The Captain is Dead right now. Especially the IP because it is it is a mm-hmm. parody of Star Trek, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have – they're non-gamer friends, but they're kind of like, you know, they like sci-fi. It's a, it's a perfect game to be like, all right, you only have a couple actions on your turn. This is what we're trying to do. We're going to lose, but it's going to be hilarious as we do it. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. is really hard. <laughs> yep. I no, I love it. We've played it a bunch. I think I've only won once, and I think we were accidentally cheating. We might have been think accidentally cheating. I we pulled cheating. enough crisis cards at the yeah. front end, and we like realized we were doing it wrong, so we started pulling them more. But like you know, we, we missed out on a few. <laughs> crazy yeah. no, there. Yeah. Um, I do want to go back. Uh, John mentioned Hughes and Cues for party game that plays up to ten. I have not played it, but it's one of those games that I really do want to play. Uh, all right, Kitty, what is your go-to casual gateway welcoming friendly game choice? I'm gonna say Azul. 
All this right. has been a really fun one. I've gotten a lot of people to play and enjoy it. And I gave it to my mom for her birthday last year. And she has gotten some of her friends into playing Azul. And uh, she tried to get them to then play Wingspan. And they were like, no, thank you. This looks hard. So I feel like it hits the mark of like, this is a, a good casual game. Anyone can really pick it up. And it's I love it. It's puzzly, but it's not like so puzzly that you feel like paralyzed with too many choices. You you can just choose what you got in front of you and it, it it goes fast. And every time we play it, it's like immediately let's just play again. So, yeah. I agree. Azul is a fantastic game, mostly because it's very tactile as well. Like you, it's yes. hard to be intimidated by it. There's no like intimidating theme or anything, and the pieces just look you know, fun. Like you want to touch them and arrange them and edible. Yeah. If you have have, like Starburst, if you have Starburst Azul, (laughs) yeah, then you're in. Go to Etsy, get Starburst Azul. I'm assuming it's there. Um, Terrence mentions Flux is also a good one there. And John mentions Catan. And I mentioned both of them because that's neither of those are on my list. My go-to for casual game is Century Golem Edition. I love this game. I love it. I just, yeah. I, I love the game playing it myself. I love teaching it to other players. It's gorgeous. I would never pull out Sentry. Like, I'm not going to mm. bring out Push and Cubes to, you know, casual players, but I love this game. Now, I'm going to put an honorable mention in for a game that I have not, I've never played up until last, last week. And it's on its 10 year anniversary. And oh, wow, this game is really, really good. And this is the game I'd probably pull out with, you know, grandparents and, in you know, mother-in-laws and that type of things. And that's Quarkle. Quarkle is Scrabble without needing to spell because it's six symbols and six colors. And the whole point is you're, you can play as many of your shapes as you want. So you have your little, you know, tiles just like you do in Scrabble. And when you put them on the board, and you again, it's just, you know, up, down, left, right. The whole... The placement is as long as you're matching color with no matching shapes orthogonal, or you're matching shapes with no matching colors, you've formed a new word and you get the points for basically the number of points or the spots in the word. If you get a six point word, you get doubled, gets a corkle, and there you go. That is also a game that is fast becoming something like I don't think it replaces Sentry because I like Sentry still for that gateway aspect of, oh, if you liked this. Let's check out these other games. But for people I know that will never go into those other games, I might pull out Quarkle mm-hmm. instead. All right. This next category could be casual, could be gamers, could be – it's definitely not party. Um, but it's its own thing. And it's it really depends on who you're with, like specifically who you're with. But I'm wondering – from your point of view, if you had any ch- any your choice to play any particular game, regard well, you want to play the game, the person you're with will, is happily willing to play it. What is your go to player to go to two player game? That's hard to throw out there. <laughs> <laughs> and your first Fletcher, um, does it need to be strictly two players? Um, I don't think so. If it were strictly two players, let's like, okay, because there's tons and tons of strictly two players. But if there's a game that are like, I would rather play this at two player than any other player count, I still think that counts. Hmm. Because, I don't know, to me, it's like you could play, you could play Gloomhaven with two players, right? You could. But is that like a two player But is that going to be your go-to game? If I come over and it's like, hey, Fletcher, let's play a game. Are you be like, great, let me pull out Gloomhaven. I don't think you're going to do that. <laughs> Just the two of you. <laughs> so, see, for the most part, I don't really enjoy two-player games unless it's like, you know, Cribbage, which is a two-player game. Um, and Cribbage, I don't know if I'm ever like... Like, Cribbage what? could qualify. Like, if that's your go-to two-player game, there may be an overlap. There's, It's not against the I'm trying rules. to think of another game that I like more that works, that works with two players that I would be like, yes, there's just like... Me and you here, let's play this game. And, you know, there's like chess and like chess is fine. I'm not huge into chess, but I'm not like, oh, yeah, let's pull out chess and play chess right now. There's uh, several two-player games that I'd like to play more or haven't played at all. So like the space chess that you gave me. (laughs) (laughs) Also known as (laughs) Homeworld. Homeworld. I haven't played enough of it to like really get into it. And then there's the fight for the ring <laughs> what is it oh, called? war of the ring 
World, yeah, War, War of the, the Ring. Ring uh, which but I that's again, played, but it sounds very interesting. It is, but it's a tricky two-player game because, like, um, yeah, we have some time to kill all afternoon, six all hours. Afternoon. Let's go play War of the Rings. <laughs> I don't know, maybe Home Worlds or Cribbage because right. that would be it's easy enough, and I like both of them. All right, I will give you both of them, Kitty. What is your go-to two-player game? The Fox in the Forest. So this is a trick-taking game for two players. I also got the Fox in the Forest duet for my birthday, but I haven't um, gotten it to the table yet, but I'm very excited about it. I read the rules, and uh, we just have to, you know, have all of our friends stop getting married for the next, you know, week (laughs) or two. Because we had two weekends in a row of weddings. So, yeah. And uh, now I'm going out of town for the next weekend, and possibly the next weekend so you know maybe maybe in november i'll actually get to play this game but i'm excited about it all right so this is this one this category is near and dear to my heart um being married to someone who actually likes games i get to play a lot of two-player games and my number one by far is homeworlds like this is the game where i can bring it anywhere and play anywhere but i'm gonna throw a few more out there because i've literally made a top 10 list on this that I have not yet recorded on YouTube because um, YouTube's hard work and I just haven't got there yet. Uh, mm-hmm. Keyforge obviously is on that list. Santorini though. I think Santorini, if I had to pick one that was Santorini outside. Santorini is really good. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't Homeworlds. I would say Santorini because A, it's gorgeous. I can get anyone to play it. I can teach it. Typically, when I teach Santorini, I don't teach with the roles. I'm like, here are just the basic rules. And then the next game, okay, now let's introduce the god powers. So all of us, now we're a little bit more asymmetric. Um, So I would say, yeah, I think if it wasn't going to be Homeworlds or Keyforge, it would be Santorini. And uh, there's just, there's so many great two-player games out there. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a second edition of Summoner Wars just came out. It's a fantastic two-player game. It's a little gamery. There's a little bit more table space involved than these other games, but it's not bad. Um, Nirishima Hex, as far as a tactical game is concerned, oh, love that game so much. It's it's just it's so thinky and it breaks your head. And there's so many asymmetric factions. Um, yeah, I could go on for a really long time. In fact, we should probably do an entire episode on two-player games Chris likes, so that I can just talk at you guys for an hour. <laughs> So we haven't done that topic in a long time. I feel like that was like our first Valentine's Day topic. So it's probably been like four and a half. It's been like yeah, it's been like four and a half. Visited two player games. So well, Valentine's Day is coming up fast. Even though I know it's only (laughs) September, time flies in a pandemic world. Uh, So we'll have to do a two player game episode again. Come pandemic time or uh, (laughs) Valentine's Day time. Hopefully, will not be (laughs) pandemic time. Please, Chris, don't jinx us like that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This next category is our final of the five categories I have of games of choice. Actually, let me check the comments here. Um, Two-player games. We have... um, Nope, 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 nope. Marvel Champions or Homeworlds is John's... uh, Yeah, Marvel United or Homeworlds is is John's choice. I love Marvel United. Uh, That's... (sighs) That could be my go-to game for practically every single one of these categories. It's a little hard to do party game, but even then, spectating it is kind of fun. Uh, so, yeah, Marvel United is a, is a fantastic one. Uh, anyone else have anything in here to do? do? Any CCG is uh, what Christopher's saying. Basically, dueling card games. And I agree, it's really the CCG of the... Uh, we'll say month. I won't say week because it's too cynical, but uh, there's a lot of collectible card games out there that are great. So now let's talk about the big one. You have a group of gamers of any size you want. Siri will understand later. You have a group of gamers. <laughs> <laughs> Siri just so bad. I'm not sure you understand. Um, you have a group of gamers that Stop are willing saying to- her name. You're going to summon her again. <laughs> <laughs> to play anything. What is your go-to? Now, there's a caveat here. Like, Christopher Dong just mentions TI4. That's not a go-to game. Because most of the time, like, if the three of us are together, we're not pulling out TI4. But we're probably not pulling out, you know, catchphrase either. So if we're together and we're able to pull out a game that we know we want to sink our teeth into, it's easy to set up, it's a comfort game, it's just the game that when you think, let's play a board game, this is the one – what is that game? 
Ready, Fletcher, go. I mean, D and D. That's cheaty. I'll let you do it, but it's cheaty. I mean, just call we it Gloomhaven. Do it. <laughs> I mean, when we may, when we meet up virtually, you know, every week as we were doing before, we were playing D and D. That's what we were doing. That's, That's our true. comfort go-to game. That That's is our true. comfort go-to game. All right. All right. Yeah. So, no. I think that's my answer. All right. Now, I will. The only reason I would hesitate to say yes, yes, is because it's very rarely a impromptu, hey, what game do you want to play? Right. It's typically, you typically can't just start playing D&D. Now, if I'm the DM, we can't. At any point, any place, hey, let's play a session of D&D. Great. Let's do it. And I'll be able to run a game for you. But that's typically not the case. Um, but otherwise, I agree with you. It is kind of a go-to. It's it's a great game. Yeah, but impromptu wasn't in the question, though. Well, it's that go-to game, though. That one that you're willing. But again, this is this is the gamer's game. So I'm, I, yeah, I give it to you. I'm not saying this is wrong. I think this is not bad. I think this is good. Kitty, what's your go? What's your go-to gamer game? Um, I'm gonna go with Calico. Oh, so um, it has been my favorite recently and we haven't hung out in a while, so I haven't made either of you play it, but it's really fun. Um, I really love the puzzliness of it. I love trying to line up all my patterns, maximize my score and it's cute and there's cats and I love it when there's puzzles and cute together. So. It, it's my go-to game, and I've been making my mom and my brother play it with me all the time. So this one is really, really hard for me to answer. Yes. Because there <laughs> are a lot of them. <laughs> I just left like 12 games on the table, Chris. But I, <laughs> I was asked this question at the wedding, and I had a lot of time to think about it since then. So, <laughs> so I would love to say Marvel United. I would love to say that. Um, but I'm not sure it's gamery enough, but I do like playing it with gamers and having them be surprised at how much it is way that's more of a game. That, I mean, mm-hmm. that's gamery enough. Well, but there's a lot of people that look at him like it's chibi Marvel superheroes. It can't be a good game. It is. It's a fantastic game. Mine was quilts it, and cats. So like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, Theme doesn't matter as much as the game, Chris. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to um, a real life experience I had a few weeks ago, where we had some friends come over, and they are they're into games, but they're not into games as much as I am. And I gave them a few different choices. Um, Wingspan was on the list of choices. Uh, Dwellings of Eldervale was on the list of choices, and the one they chose was the one I said. But this one's really my favorite. And they're like, okay, let's play this. So we ended up playing Cthulhu Death May Die for four hours. (laughs) And I had not played it for a year since we played against the epic Cthulhu, giant Cthulhu. Um, I hadn't played it since then. And I pulled it out. I immediately just knew all the rules because the rules are not complicated. We lost twice in a row before I'm like, okay, this is how we actually win. We have to worry about this phase of the game because if we don't, we're going to lose. And I immediately just like fell right into it. Like, I love this game. It is so much fun. And we had um, two teenagers and two dads essentially sitting at the table playing this game. And we all just, and actually Cindy was there too. So I think we had a five player game. And we all just wanted to play it again and again and again and again. This game is amazing. If you haven't played Cthulhu Death May Die because, A, you don't like Cthulhu, get over it. Try it. It's amazing. (laughs) It's tongue-in-cheek Cthulhu as far as the story is concerned. But the strategy and the character development and everything the game does is so spot-on and streamlined that it's amazing. If you don't like dice rolling for conflict resolution, get over it. The world is chaotic. There's dice resolution built into the game. You don't even, it doesn't, like, you just forget about it. It's so good. It's, like, everything about it. If you think it's going to be too complicated, it's not. There's, like, ten rules to the entire game. It's just so good. Everybody should have this game. Um, Terrence asks, does it play to six? It plays to five. I think you could actually play it with six 
but I wouldn't. The game. So the way the game works is the more turns you have, the more chance you have to develop your character. So five is kind of that upper limit of pushing it where you don't necessarily have enough turns if you're playing more players than that. Um, but just play it at two. Play it at, well, you can't play it at one. It's a, you cannot win this game with a single investigator, but two <laughs> to five plays well at every level. And I just love it. I just love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Do you love it? Um, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's so a bonus question. So we're going to answer the bonus question. Ah! We're going to answer the bonus question. <laughs> Are you waiting for the bonus question? I am. I'm ready for the bonus question. All right. Here's the bonus question. So we just gave you all five games in five well, games in five different categories, uh, 15 games, and plus a whole bunch of extra ones on top of that. But here's the bonus question. What game do we wish could be our go-to game of choice, but is just too hard to get to the table? And this could be, you know, like Gloomhaven, for example. Um, but don't use Gloomhaven because everyone knows Gloomhaven's everyone's game of choice, but it's too hard to get to the table. So Fletcher, I'm ruling out your answer. Glo- what <laughs> game do you wish would be your game of choice? Is. Well, I was just assuming. I was assuming you were going to say Gloomhaven because you've already said it at least once. Well, you're wrong. I was not going to say Gloomhaven. Fine. Then what are you going to say? So there's a game that I am interested in and I've always kind of wanted to play. And I have a very good friend who's very into this game. Do you know what I'm going to say? Cthulhu Death May Die? No. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to play Warhammer 40,000. Really? I would like to try it out. I don't know if I would like it, but the barrier of entry and because my my gaming group, which is you guys, don't play that game, there's no one for me to like... You know, get into it with. with yeah yep. exactly yeah. but i think that is something that i would like to do but barring that like maybe arkham horror the living card game because you're into it and you could maybe get me into it um so both of those that would be like my second answer yeah both of those are fantastic and i didn't again i'm learning all kinds of things i need to have more of these shows where i try to get to know you people i'm pretty sure that warhammer 40k <laughs> came up during our lifestyle game episode sure but rarely i like, think you just the, have a poor memory <laughs> if it's at the top of the that list, was like though, our desert island game when there was like no right? restrictions <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I guess and i was like warhammer 40k well, just there, bring all the pieces. There are all Warhammer 40,000 40, of them. <laughs> yeah, all 40,000 of them. There are Warhammer 40k starter sets. Well, you should pick it up and just try it out because it's one of those games. It's a tabletop miniatures game, which falls outside of a lot of people's comfort zones, but not mine. I I truly, I enjoy those types of games. I grew up on them. Is there, um, a, is, there a for, is there like a Warhammer store near you? Because there is not one downtown. There There's actually one by me. Is. Yeah. Yeah, this, there's the, one right by the DG uh, train station. Yeah, we should and, all go, and because I've heard <laughs> no, they're like you. very nice. <laughs> okay, you don't want to go. You guys have fun. Fine. <laughs> we'll all go. I just won't buy anything. <laughs> but, but we can all go and just like look around, and you know, Chris and I will buy something, and then we'll try it out, and then we'll report back and see what we like and dislike about it. Yeah, let's and do this. My um, other friend will be very excited. Did you ever play? Was it Shadespire, Chris? That you. I, yeah, I played Shades, I played Shadespire a lot, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and I mean, the game was very, very good when the card pool was small, and then they just diluted the card pool with nothing but you know broken neutral cards, so there was no sense in building faction based things. But it's still out, and it's still great. I mean, I really do like that game. But 40k is a different beast, and <laughs> I it is definitely it its is. own mountain. Yeah, because because Underworld or uh, Shadespire under I think it's Underworld. Shadespire is the name of the first set, the on um, the whatever the case is. Anyway, that one is much more of a board slash card game, dueling game mm-hmm. than Warhammer 40k is. 40k is a measuring. It is a miniature tabletop, tabletop miniatures, miniatures game. Game, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now that said, there is going to be a point now that we are able to travel a little bit more and stuff, where I'm going to get the two of you together and we are going to play Arkham Horror the card game. So I don't want to dismiss that because I'm going to make you both play it. Because I, I think you're both in the situation where it's like, well, I would play it. I just don't want to learn it because it's so much stuff. Um, Kitty's rolling her eyes, but you would actually enjoy this game. <laughs> so. I would just rather do the Lord of the Rings living her game. 
I'm going to get um, into a living card game. Wh- did I tell because you that one's rebooting? Once again, so I did actually see that. I don't know if you told me or if I just I meant hear to bring it up. all news about the gaming world still. Like, I don't have to try anymore. It just comes to me. Yeah, the new they're they're rebooting <laughs> it, so there's a new core set coming out. So it's the time to get into the living Lord of the Rings Living Card Game. I will say the Lord of the Rings Living Card Game is trash compared to Arkham Horror, but um, it's not bad. Well, we, it's just we trash. Can fight about this just for the rest of our lives. It's fine. Well, I think well, you have to play both in order to have an opinion, and I have only played one, and therefore mine is better. So you also, play your Fletcher, one. Have you looked into the uh, Warhammer role playing game? I have not. No. Yeah, you I didn't even know there was one. Yeah, there, there's, there's a multiple. I'm sure there's. I know, like Warhammer, they have a huge universe of different games that. Like, oh yeah. Fit into yeah. The, like that brand, so I'm sure there's like you know a version of chess that is Warhammer too. <laughs> Probably Warhammer <laughs> All right, Monopoly Kitty, on your what local is, game yeah. store shelves. <laughs> what is your answer to this question? What game would you love to be your game of choice, but it's just too hard to get to the table? Time stories. Oh. The Time Goblin. And that's not even hard to get to the table, except for the fact it's, that... You have to you have to really be committed to doing it. Yeah, because it's a three or four hour game yeah. for each expansion. So compared to, you know, like my games, which usually play in like, you know, 30 minutes at most, Time Stories is a huge commitment to the, the gaming group that I have at hand most of the time. Yeah, I could see that. And and that's really, it, it's sort of, it falls in the spirit of And there are of this, a lot right? of cards, and you do have to, like, set it up a lot. And, like, it's different every time. Like, there's not as much, like, game-to-game familiarity, because it's slightly different with each expansion. So, so that that's my answer. That's And that's a great answer. And you know something? I thought I had an answer to this, but I don't know that I actually do. <laughs> because, and, well, here's the thing. <laughs> There's, I have because so you will many always games. put anything on your table too. Well, well, you set up these like nine hour games and you just like play them by yourself. Well, I want to be able to play them by myself, and I leave them <laughs> set up for days, months, weeks at a time. Again, just throwing around time frames all over the place. Um, but it's it is it is tricky. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the top 100 board game geek list, and I'm going to just and you're going to read all of them. No, I think I found the one that. <laughs> would fall into this pretty much for sure. Now, I will say, um, if I'm looking at, like, Twilight Imperium, yes, I would love to play that more, but I don't think that's my go-to. It's just too long, and mm-hmm. it's it's not one of those games I'd want to play every single day if I could. Uh, even if I was, like, in high school, I still don't think I'd want to play this game every single day if I could, maybe. Um, Star Wars Rebellion, <laughs> I really I really like, but I think the one, and um, actually, War of the Rings is another one that is really great, but I think the game that is my go-to game of choice, if it was easier to get to the table, is Great Western Trail. I love this game huh. for reasons unknown. I, I mean, I don't like Westerns I at don't all. Know either. And you've never played it, right? Is it hard to get to the table because no. everyone else is just like so bored every time you say it? Um, maybe. <laughs> I made Terrence laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so and you played it, and and Spencer played it, and he enjoyed it. He liked it. Oh, by the way, anyone who was wondering, Spencer's card game of choice is Spades. Um, but because I mentioned it earlier at the top of the show, but never <laughs> always, always actually close that loop. Yeah. Um, but Great Western Trail is a fantastic game, but there is a decent heft to the setup. It takes up a lot of table space, and I need to get people who want to play it and are willing to learn all the nuances because there's a bunch of subsystems in this game. Once you've played it and you've gone through for a few turns, you're like, okay, this is great. This is amazing. But it's one I have to convince people of to get it to the table and play it. I like, I like crunchy games. You know that. So like, if you, like, if you give me enough heads up or like next time we get together, like, I want to pull out this game, like watch this let's play video. Like I will do that. I will watch the video. So I have like an idea of what's going to happen. Well, now that we are, really coming out to the other side of this where we're, we've actually seen each other in person. Don't actually, jinx this, it. Don't jinx it. Yeah. Well, this last weekend was the first time we all three of us were in the same location in quite some time. Oh, no, no. Becca's birthday. No. So, yeah. yeah. So it's been birthday. twice this month. But yeah, it's been the first time since the but pandemic. But before that, it was like two years. Yeah. yeah. 
So it's starting to feel like, okay, I can do this. I can travel with a board game and and play a game. Yeah, we're going to make this happen a lot more often. And I need to check Board Game Arena, too, because they're getting more and more stuff on there that are, like, worth playing. But, yeah, I think this was a, like, I get a random text message from Spencer. Uh, <laughs> podcast topic, games of choice. I'm like, can you elaborate on that, please? But I I liked this. I liked this for thinking. Um, but we have to end this episode. But last episode, if you were listening to last episode, you heard me say that I was going to draw for winners the f- last Tuesday of every month. Did I say that? I said that, right? Now who's not listening? I wasn't, I wasn't listening. <laughs> Fletcher right. wasn't even and I there. I have yet to go back and listen to it because I've been kind of busy. Whatever. I had to go get married. Um, so. <laughs> John says you did. He was listening. <laughs> All right. Good. Because we are doing it. We're going to do it right now. So I'm going to draw. Um, I'm actually going to draw three winners because why not? And here's the deal. If you are entered, if you've ever entered this entire year. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm the man. I'm the man. Uh, If you ever entered, you're already entered in the contest, unless you won and actually got prized. But that said, if you if you do win, uh, you have two weeks to get back to me and give me a list of two or three games that are in our show notes of what you're interested in. And then whoever gets back to me first gets first priority type of thing um and really take my games i have too many of them so get back to me now we do this the you know like every award show i share a google spreadsheet on the screen and that way everyone can see random numbers being happening that's how the award shows work right is it's just random numbers you're supposed to say yes chris i don't know what you're talking about I, yeah it yeah. didn't award really make shows? sense i was hoping fletcher would pick up my slack <laughs> that's but. how the award shows work the uh, you know the oscars it's just random numbers random numbers that's how it works this is you know reviewed by the accounting firm of schmeisen and snizen um i just made that up but i kind of want that <laughs> all right our first I feel sorry for those people <laughs> schmeisen and snizen. They're like what are the chances we should start a firm <laughs> Two, one. All right. So our first winner is Jennifer Engelbright. All right. Winner. Hi, Jen. She has to listen. I'm not texting her. So she has to she has to be like, <laughs> I still listen. I'm not just a blind patron that's just supporting she you without listening. Like a patron from the beginning. Forever. Before yes. we had like actual listeners. Jen was well, about time she's won with us forever. Yeah. Um, all right. Next winner. Winner number two. That's how that how numbers work. Three, two, one. Um, ooh, scrolling down, scrolling down, scrolling down. Uh, JTT. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Um, not really Jonathan Taylor <laughs> Thomas. Is our next winner. And I have to look at the date every time as I type this into the spreadsheet so that I can be like, oh, yeah, you won this. So, Jonathan, I know you're still listening to us because you just sent me an email the other day. All right. Last winner. Do, 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 do. Uh, five, four, three, two, one. And I like when I have to scroll down. It means that we hit an email. Uh, Joshua Armstrong, you are our third winner. And you all, congratulations. Do the same thing. Uh, feedback at table.gamingtalk.com. Same thing that you uh, entered. Give me a list of games from our list that you are interested in. And I will try not to forget about you like I did Todd and send you games. So I'm, I'm a terrible... <laughs> I'm a terrible podcast host. host. It is one of my not not a strong point that I have. Um, but in any case, that is an episode. Fletcher, congratulations again. And that I, is an episode. It is an episode. <laughs> I will say for everyone to hear, it was an absolute honor and privilege to be asked to marry you. And I had an amazing time doing <laughs> you it. Keep saying that's so weird. <laughs> that's what it is. That's what it's called. You to chose to make him your this. wedding. Yeah. <laughs> you did this. You should have known. I'm glad I could be married by you. Oh, there you go. All right. And on that note, Kitty will, as usual, get me out of my tongue tiredness ways. <laughs> 
Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. If you'd like to follow us on social media, the links for Facebook and Twitter are in our show notes. Want to watch us record live? You can find a link for that in the show notes, too. Comments or questions, email us at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. Sorry, I'm just dying. If you'd like to be one of these wonderful people, you can find out how by visiting our website, tabletopgametalk.com, and clicking the support us link. And there's a link in the show notes, too. Finally, a huge thank you to our current patrons, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, The Gift of Games, Sahara Wentworth, Jason Strong, John, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Jeremy Fisher, Terrence Miltner, Sean Peck, Christopher Dong, Jennifer Engelbrecht, Brian Arnold, Michael Yanikowski, David Sellers, David Radke, Jason Marks, Ann Reynolds, Christopher Letgo, Stephen Judd, Leanne Verholst, Joe Rackstad, Weatherman Keith, Paul Raymer, Timothy, Ben Gary, Matthew Drope, David Rank, Nicholas Lotz, Jerry Wong, C. Marie, Justin Willard, Jason Rodney, Cindy Loam, Eric Hoffman, Adrian Dong, Baz Flintham, Eric Salander, Glenn Cotter, John Williams, Sir Sully, Andrew Fayesh, Kamal, Kamal Berth, Peter Fleming, Gary Bunker, Lightning Steve, Jim Conrad, Dan Seed, Ryan Ellett, Danita Hersey, Courtney Falk, David, you spelled this name way wrong. What? <laughs> Is that how you spell it? David Wagner? I, hey, were you not here at that's the beginning of the episode? Spelled. Yeah, that's why I struggled with it. David, you spelled your name way wrong. <laughs> it is the same as the top. Man, okay. I'm sorry, David. David Wag- Wagner. Wagner. We just assume Man. that it's a Chris problem. <laughs> I'm sorry, David. David Wagner. Sean P. Kelly, Mike Smith, Caleb O'Brien, Don Gilstrap, Aaron Moore, Ron Nelson, Agnes Toth, Charles Pearson, Jesse Wheeler, Ronald Roy, Tony Simpkins, David Garner, and Darren McClellan. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. All right, Fletcher. What was the worst thing that happened during your wedding? Besides the room fiasco. Uh, besides the room fiasco? Well, so one of um one of Carmen's bridesmaids, my cousin, my famous cousin that was there, um, she texted me on Sunday morning. She was like, Hey, I think I lost my gold ring during <laughs> your wedding. I can't find it. I put it on the morning, and when I got back to my room at night, it wasn't on my hand. I well, can't find it. I so found I was like, a, let me, what? I, said, I found an extra pair of iPad Pros in the limo that she can have as a replacement. An <laughs> <laughs> extra pair of iPad Pros? Um, so I contacted all the vendors. I'm like, hey, let me know. Looking for a gold ring. And it's an, it's an expensive gold ring. Um, when she got home, because she actually flew home on Sunday to California, she was like, oh, never mind. I found it. It was in the <laughs> craggles of my suitcase. False alarm. And I was like, oh, I'm like, man, I don't I didn't want my cousin, who I think of like as a sister to every time she thinks of my wedding, she thinks of losing her gold ring. Right. So I'm very glad <laughs> that she found it. Uh, I think I think what we know about rings now is eh, eh, they're a pain in the butt. Mm. <laughs>